0: Greenlight Network presents Football Time. Hey, and welcome to the Football Time podcast. We're here with our Week Seven review with our man Achilles Rain back in the city of Knoxville off a vacay. Welcome back.
1: Feels good to be back, man. It's uh, nice not to be doing this over the phone.
0: Yes, I know. The Turkish Shana was a a fit to deal with in the uh, audio room here.
1: Yeah, not very good uh, Wi-Fi signal from there.
0: (laughs) All right, so let's get into R.
1: Now this made headlines.
0: All right, so we're going to probably go with the biggest game of the year. So far, the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers played a, well, it wasn't a great game in the first half, but it became a year eight game in the second half. So um, Steelers looked really good, especially early on. Uh, Titans couldn't get any third down stops. What would you make of the game?
1: Yeah, I was, uh, I was really looking forward to this game. Um, I didn't want any bets or anything on this game just because uh, I thought it'd be really interesting to watch. I've been really on the Pittsburgh bandwagon this year so far. been talking them up, and it seems like they're starting to turn that corner where they're now, I believe, an elite team. Uh, overall, like you said, the Pittsburgh came out and they kind of punched Tennessee in the mouth, and it looked like it was going to be an easy win. But uh Tennessee they're a tough team and they proved it by uh coming back that second half and made it a competitive game but overall it was a it was a fun game
0: yeah it, it was really fun game uh two really good teams to watch uh, play football uh Ben Ben's, big Ben started to make me a little nervous there uh, this is the first time where I started seeing him force balls so uh that made me a little nervous on the Pittsburgh side especially that last pick where he it into triple coverage for no reason whatsoever. But uh thought the Steelers played well. Uh, the defense looked really good, especially for the first three quarters without Devin Bush. Uh, Titans, I thought, you know, held their own. Uh, that defense uh, does need a lot of work, though. Uh, third down uh, defense was a big problem. They kept giving up uh, third down, you know, slants, letting those receivers get a handful of extra yards to get the, those first downs, but uh, I think overall, I think both teams come away uh, looking pretty good.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. It uh, doesn't take anything away from Tennessee. Doesn't take doesn't really add that much more to Pittsburgh. Um, overall, it was a good game and entertaining to watch, and I'm looking forward to seeing them in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, just uh, sort of stopped our, our man Dynamite David from coming on the uh, Know-It-All podcast on Monday to pitch his uh, Ryan Tannehill MVP. uh, uh. Talk So I think that muted that at least for a week. Uh, I think they play Baltimore in two weeks, so it might uh, start chirping back up there.
1: Yeah, he was uh, he was really hyped before that game and uh, he got a little bit quiet there, but then he woke back up overall, though, uh, you know, his team showed up still can't really take anything away from them. They played well.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a very silent three quarters on the texting front, and then all of a sudden explosions on my phone started picking up in the fourth quarter.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I was in that chat, and uh, it was kind of funny, but they played well. You know, yeah, he's got did. that. To, yeah, he's, he holds the head up high, so.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, instead of going over a – I don't know if there were that many. The, the Seattle Cardinals game was good, but instead of going over the – you know any more headlines? I thought we'd go into our new odds on division winners and see if we have any change from sort of where we set in the start of the year. It's almost the uh, the halfway point, so uh, I thought we'd go over it, see where we stand. Uh, next week we'll probably go over our probably top playoff teams we have, but uh, at the halfway point. But we'll do our division favorites this week. So let's start in the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills are the prohibited favorite at minus three sixty, new England Patriots at plus 480 the Dolphins at plus 700 and the New York Jets at plus uh that looks like 40,000 to me so uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I think you hit the hit the figure on the head there yeah uh, I'm pretty much on par with these uh these rankings right now I still think that Buffalo is the better team in that division um, I am a little uh more Scared of uh, picking them just straight up just because, like I've said the last couple of weeks, their running game seems to have been suffering a lot lately Um, when you have the quarterback leading your team and rushing. It's probably not a good thing. And their uh, defense seems to have taken a step back, which gives me a little bit of worry. But based off what New England showed this last week, I still think the rankings are as they should be.
0: Yeah, I, I think Buffalo, this is sort of their division to lose. Even uh, not playing all that great this week, they still end up with the win. The only thing you could maybe convince me of is that uh, Miami Dolphins sitting at 700 with Tua taking over. They've won three in a row. I I don't think that's quite hitting a number high enough to where I believe that that, uh, the payoff is worth the reward. But uh, I think the Patriots... uh, really have no shot the way they've looked the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I still think that the Patriots are above uh, the dolphins simply because we haven't seen what two is going to bring yet. You know, uh, they seem like an okay, solid team, you know, really gritty, but until we can see what the quarterback play is going to be like, I, I think they stay where they're at for me at least. Well,
0: I don't think it could be any worse than the new England quarterback play the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, that was pretty
0: bad. I guess three weeks considering the week that Cam missed, so All right, so let's move to uh really a toss up division, the the AFC North. Uh Baltimore is minus one twenty five, Steelers plus one twenty, Cleveland plus twelve hundred, and the uh Cincinnati Bengals at twenty five thousand. Uh this one's a tough one. Uh, there might be a little value here I see in the Steelers at plus 120. I think we'll pretty much know more when these two play. Uh, I believe it's this week. So where are your feelings lie on the uh, AFC North division?
1: Uh, I, I like the, uh, the current rankings right now, but I, I do have the Steelers over uh, the Ravens. And that doesn't really come as a shock to you because you've heard me talk about it all season long. I, I still think that they're... Um, probably the best team in that division, and it might be close, but these uh, divisional games are going to count for a lot.
0: Yeah, uh, I I think you could talk me into taking Steelers, but I don't know at plus one twenty. I don't know where the value sits there. I, you certainly couldn't get me to take the Ravens as a one twenty five favorite, but I think you'd be better off just betting the Steelers. You know, money line every game than taking plus one twenty to win this division. Uh, anything with Cleveland? I mean, they are five and two. They're essentially one game behind the Ravens and two games behind the Steelers. Uh, I guess it's two since they've been crushed by both of them, but they still have one more to play with each. So, uh, Cleveland, any love, or did you watch that defense and sort of be like, this team sucks?
1: Oh, you know, I've been, I've been down with this team so far this season. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down and they seem to be in the opposite position. So, um, at, at, with the record as it is, if I was gambling on this, I see some value in it. But just picking divisional leaders, uh, I I don't see it now with Odell Beckham out. I still think that they're better than the Bengals, but uh, not better than the Steelers or the Ravens.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm assuming you don't think the Bengals can make a roaring return into the division. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I don't foresee that uh I still think they have a better shot than the Jets but yeah I don't foresee that
0: All right so let's move to the AFC South uh the Tennessee Titans are uh, minus 230 favorites uh Indianapolis Colts come in plus 170 the Houston Texans at plus 6500 Jacksonville Jaguars at 25000 really a two division two, two division two team race in this division um any chance the Colts can steal this? Uh, I believe they're one game out now, and they still have both the games to play versus each other.
1: The only way that I see that happening is if uh, the Colts like really, really pick up their offensive play. They've got an okay offense, and they've had a really good defense the last couple of weeks. The offense has had to step up, you know, to make up for that defense that's been lagging a little bit. But they have a really good defense maybe just not enough offense uh, compared to Tennessee.
0: Yeah, I I think this is Tennessee's division to win. Uh, the only thing that would concern me is an injury to either Henry or Tannehill, and I think then you could probably convince me the Colts uh, defensively could contain the Titans, and I don't know if the Titans' defense could hold up uh, enough to keep them in games without Henry or Tannehill in there.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I, that's pretty much how I see it.
0: Uh, Texans, Jags, uh, no chance whatsoever. Uh, better luck next year.
1: Yeah, I think it's just too late now at this point. I know that it's still, you know, almost halfway through the season. We're not quite there yet. But I think it's a little too far gone for them.
0: Yeah, most definitely. All right, so let's move on to uh, the AFC West. Um This probably will be a short and quick discussion. Uh, I have one little long shot that might, could happen. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs are 1,700 favorites. Uh, Las Vegas is plus 1,200. The Chargers are plus 5,000, and the Denver Broncos are plus 9,000. Anyone take this division other than the Chiefs?
1: I don't see it happening. The Chiefs. They seem to be kind of on cruise control we don't really talk about them much and we haven't really mentioned them i think other than once this season you know where they really stood out but that's the scary part is that you know they're just kind of coasting they're being quiet
0: yeah they didn't even have to do anything this week and won by like 25 points
1: yeah exactly you know it's a little scary you know we're kind of overlooking them because of all this uh all this stuff going on right now but you know, they're, they're still the defending champs, man, and, and they're a scary team. I don't see them losing that division anytime soon.
0: Yeah, uh, I have one theory. They all get COVID, and I like this Chargers plus 5,000 price. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good payout, you know,
1: but only if the entire Chiefs team comes down with COVID, which if that happens, I think the season is done.
0: Yeah, they'd probably postpone it just to get the Chiefs healthy. All right, so we'll move on to uh, – well, your favorite division, the Philadelphia Eagles somehow are favored in this division at minus 165, Dallas Cowboys plus 350, the Washington football team plus 420, New York Giants plus 1,200. Uh, I think we could probably do a 90-minute podcast on the god-awfulness of this division, but uh, who's your favorite to take this?
1: You know, surprisingly, my favorite still Philly for this division. And the entire division is bad, and you know you could definitely see a five win team taking this division. I mean it's possible. And I mean I, I still think that they're the better team right now as it sits you know with uh, their health and the state of their uh, their whole team in general. I, I, there's just too many questions to mark everywhere else. Uh, there's no office whatsoever in Washington. Um, You have the big injuries in Dallas and no defense whatsoever. Uh, The Giants, they're actually my surprise. I actually have them as like number two and potentially winning that division. Um, I kind of like what I'm seeing from Jones. You know, he's he's been putting up big numbers. Uh, They haven't been getting wins, uh, but they also don't have a lot of weapons. You know, move here, move there, and you never know.
0: Yeah, uh, I have a little bit of a long shot here in the – Washington football team. Now, their offense is atrocious, but it, it looks, what do we say, a little better with Kyle Allen playing quarterback there full time and uh, everybody's offense looks marginally better when they play the Dallas Cowboys. But I think this uh, the Washington football team defense might be able to carry them through if the offense can get to 20 points a game, which is – Right now, a very large stretch. They couldn't get to 20 points a game versus the Giants. That Giants loss might come back to haunt them. But uh, like you said, uh, the Eagles could win this division at six wins. And Washington already has two wins. So can they scratch out four wins on the year? At a plus four plus 420 price, it I don't know if I love it. But it, it interests me a little bit.
1: Definitely. I mean, gambling-wise, it definitely... Uh, scratches an itch, but you know, just picking divisional winners, I, I still have, have them a third.
0: Yeah, uh, the thing that hurts them is that stupid New York Giants loss where they, for some reason, went for two.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one didn't make any sense. But you know, it's little things like that that come back and haunt you at the end of the season.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll move on to the NFC North. Uh, the Green Bay Packers minus three ten. Chicago bears are plus three ten, Detroit lions, 1400 and the Minnesota Vikings plus 6,000. Uh, anyone other than green Bay taking this?
1: I don't think so. Not after what I saw from Chicago against the, uh, the LA Rams on Monday night. Uh, this is green Bay's division to take. They're the favorite. They've got the most potent offense. And when they have all their weapons, it really shows, uh, they were really scary this last week. Um, Chicago's got a good defense, good enough to you know maybe win some games, but offensively they're just not producing enough.
0: Yeah, I can't foresee anybody uh moving up in this division. Uh Chicago uh they just looked terrible this week. Detroit uh sort of needed a Atlanta special to win their game and uh Minnesota's a definite cross-off. So I mean even if Green Bay stumbles a couple times, uh you know, I think the Bears probably end up losing six to eight games here. So, I mean, the Packers have plenty of leeway here. So, uh, Packers definitely, uh, I think, NFC North. Any other teams you think might be able to move up in the NFC North?
1: No, I pretty much have it the same as uh, the rankings do. So,
0: Yeah. All right. So, uh, probably the most competitive division here. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks minus 130. The New Orleans Saints plus one fifteen, and the Carolina Panthers plus twenty seven hundred, Add your Atlanta Falcons at plus ten thousand. Uh, where are you seeing the NFC South going?
1: This one's a little bit tighter, but I still have it that same way. Um, Tampa Bay with the signing of Antonio Brown, it seems like they've got you know things kind of going. Things are starting to click there. They've got a pretty good efficient offense and Brady seems like his arms starting to warm up. He's uh, making some pretty nice throws out there. Gronkowski seems to have woken up from his preseason sleep, and it seems like this team, if they keep playing this way, they're poised to win this division, but in a probably tight race, because I still like the Saints, even though they haven't been playing as well, I still like them because uh, they keep winning that division year in and year out, regardless of how old that quarterback is, and you know, how poor that offensive line may be. I mean, they still have a lot of weapons, and uh, I like their chances also.
0: Yeah, uh, there's some value here I see in the Saints getting plus. I mean, that's pretty much an even. They already have a win over Tampa Bay in the first week of the season, so that's a nice tiebreaker there if these two finish with the same record. So uh, I I think I'd lean towards the Saints here over the Bucks, but, uh, you know, it's sort of going to be, how healthy is Michael Thomas or I don't know if health up uh, where is Michael Thomas's head space going? Uh, how healthy is Emmanuel Sanders? But the saints seem to be able to pull wins. The Bucks defense is probably if it's not Pittsburgh, it's probably the Bucks that are the best defensive team in the league. Uh, any love for Carolina?
1: I like Carolina. I just don't think they're ready yet. Uh, yeah. I think they're still missing some pieces, but from uh New Orleans, you know, the bad thing about them is that they're only one injury away from being done and not competing in that division, at least in my opinion. I think if they lose Camaro, their playmaker, that team's not going to be winning as many games as we think they can win right now. Um, So I think this is Tampa-based division, at least for the time being.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, so uh, let's go to our last division, the NFC West. The Seattle Seahawks at minus 130, the Rams at plus 350, the Arizona Cardinals at plus 500, and the San Francisco 49ers at plus 600. Uh, I think this probably has the four you know best teams top to bottom in the NFC, uh, but uh, I don't see this race as competitive as uh, the odds are, but uh, where are you sitting on this
1: one? Uh, I've, you know, I've been a believer that Seattle would be the winner in that division from the beginning of the season, and I still think that that division is theirs to lose. Uh, my only issue is that I think it's become a tighter race. Just seeing the play, if San Francisco can stay healthy, they're a pretty good, solid team that can beat anybody day in day out. Their issue has been the health uh, pretty much all season. Arizona, they've played well, but I still don't think they're quite ready. Um, even though they're a pretty good team, they're still not an elite team. So I have them as last. Uh, but I think the race is going to be between the Rams and Seattle. They have to play each other still twice and uh, they play each other really hard. Uh, we've seen over the last couple of seasons that the game can be decided by a couple of points or it can be a complete blowout. Uh, these teams know each other well and, I think that those two games are going to determine who uh, wins the division.
0: Yeah, um, I I think Seattle's definitely a play here, and I sort of like that minus 130, not uh, that big a juice. Um, I think if the Rams were getting in the uh, Arizona range of 500, I think that would be a nice little thing, but I, I don't think there's a lot of value in plus 350, especially in this division where any of these teams can lose to anyone at any time, so you're not getting a lot of value there. So I, I, I sort of like Seattle still in, the, in this one.
1: Yeah, uh, Seattle's still first for me. Then uh, the Rams, Niners, and Cardinals in that order.
0: All right, so those are our division winners. Uh, let's move on to our games in Week 7. Uh, Thursday night, the New York Giants played the Philadelphia Eagles. Daniel Jones went 20 for 30 for 187 yards, four carries for 92 yards, and a uh, stumble. Into the ground. Uh, Two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, The Giants running backs combined for 18 carries and 68 yards and a touchdown. And Sterling Shepard had six catches for 15 yards and a touchdown. Carson Wentz went 25 for 43, 359 yards and uh, three total touchdowns and one interception. Boston Scott had twelve carries for forty six yards and three receptions for forty six yards and a touchdown. Richard Rogers uh, was their leading receiver with six catches and eighty five yards. What'd you make of this game?
1: Uh, I didn't get to watch a lot about a lot of this game because I was actually on my one year anniversary with the wife. Oh, up you were in, stuck
0: uh, in the basement of the Turkish spa, were you?
1: Yeah, we we were uh, up, up in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, but I did get to watch a little bit of this game after dinner, and uh, I don't know. You know, it's the NFC East. I, I don't really know how to take this game other than the team that I thought was going to win won the game.
0: I think I tweeted out exactly how this game was going to go. The Giants were going to get up. Carson Wentz looks awful, and then in the fourth quarter, they miraculously make a comeback and uh, win this game, which is pretty much exactly how it played out uh good win by the eagles they sort of needed it uh they have to beat all these uh crappy nfc east teams because i'm not quite sure who they're going to beat outside of the nfc east they do i think start to get some of their uh actual players back in the next couple weeks which would be nice
1: yeah i you know but i don't know there there wasn't a lot to take from this game other than Philadelphia needed to win this game if they wanted a shot at winning that division, which they did. So good for them, but uh, nothing much really to take from this game. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's move on. What's our next game up?
1: Uh, We have the uh, Detroit lions 23 at the Falcons, 22 big win for the lions. Uh, Matthew Stafford, won 25 of 36 for 340 yards, one rush for eight yards and a touchdown. Adrian Peterson and Swift uh, combined for 20 rushes for 56 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Galladay as always, performed big, had six catches, 114 yards. Uh, Hawkinson had that one touchdown with five catches and 59 yards. Uh, For Atlanta, Matt Ryan went 31 of 42 for 338 yards and one touchdown. Todd Gurley, Mr. I Can't Stop at the One, went uh, 23 for 63. Uh, He had two touchdowns, uh, one he probably didn't want but he'll take it anyways. He had two catches for 19 yards. Uh, Julio Jones had eight catches for 97 and, uh, Ridley had five catches for 69 yards and a touchdown.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I think we both said, uh, on Tuesday or Thursday, uh, one of these teams was going to find a pretty dumb way to lose the game. And, uh, I think the Falcons found another original way to lose a game by scoring a touchdown that they should not have scored, uh, it was quite enjoyable, I'm sure, for both of us, considering we both had Atlanta in our picks, which was even better to watch as they somehow self-destruct by scoring a touchdown and then giving up a 70-yard drive with 64 seconds left on the clock. So, what'd you make of this game?
1: <laughs> this was uh, this was a funny game. You know, uh, I had the pleasure of uh, watching Todd Gurley play in a Ram uniform, where he actually did the right thing and stopped. Uh, he broke off a big run. And instead of scoring a touchdown, which they probably could have won either way, he just took a knee and uh, they were able to run out the clock, which is what he was trying to do. Uh, if you look, he kind of turned his feet sideways, tried to put the brakes on. Unfortunately for him, his knee isn't as strong as it was well, back yeah, in Georgia. That
0: idiot lion safety was trying to tackle him for some stupid reason.
1: Yeah, I know. At that point, he just let the guy go. But I think that if he doesn't get that contact... I think he'll stop. Yeah, I I think it was the contact that really threw him off. He forgot where he was, and uh, it wasn't until he looked down and he realized, like, oh, I'm I'm right here. He tried to put the brakes on, but, you know, his knees aren't what they used to be.
0: Yeah. Uh, Also, I don't want to hammer the Falcons too much for scoring a touchdown. Maybe if that defense would not let someone drive down the field in 64 seconds with no timeouts, you know, that would also help matters as well.
1: Yeah, that was. I mean, that's really the the big issue here is the Atlanta defense. Now, I don't want to pour more uh, salt on that wound. You know, they they've been playing a little bit better. They've shown some glimpses ever since they got rid of their uh, horrible defensive genius head coach. The defense has picked it up a little bit. Now they they're still not good, but you know they're getting better.
0: Yeah. All right. So we'll move on from that game, and we'll move on to the. Browns and Bengals, a nice little shootout here. Baker Mayfield probably played his best game as a pro, went 22 for 28, 297 with five touchdowns and a pick. Kareem Hunt had 18 carries for 76 yards and a touchdown. Rashad Higgins had six catches for 110 yards, and Jarvis Landry had five catches for 48 yards. Uh, Joe Burrow went 35 or 47 for 406, three touchdowns and a pick, uh, six carries, 34 yards and a touchdown. Gio Bernard uh, taking over for Joe Mixon uh, went 13 for 37 and uh, five catches for 59 yards and a touchdown. Taj Boyd had 11 receptions, 101 yards and a touchdown. AJ Green had seven receptions for 82 yards. And T Higgins had five receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown. A lot of offense, not much defense. Um, I was a little stunned that Cleveland couldn't put the Bengals away, but uh, I guess they won. But, uh, my hopes for them being an elite team, I think, pretty much sum it up. They need to trade back and forth points with the Bengals here. What would you make of this game?
1: I think it was an offensively fun game to watch. Uh, there were a few mistakes here and there, but overall it was a fun game, you know, kind of what you expect from two pretty bad teams. Uh, I thought the Browns had a better defense than this, but overall it's a divisional game. Divisional games tend to be close most of the time, and it was a shootout. Um, uh, I think Odell Beckham going down was kind of, you know, messed up, especially on the type of play that he went down. Um, uh, but overall Joe Burrow seems to be making strides. He seems to be getting better. I just think they're working him a little too much, but he's, uh, he's shown some, some good things. Yeah. I'm
0: still not in love with the way Zach Taylor runs this offense. I mean, they score a lot of points, but they also can't stop anyone. And, uh, was a little disappointed in the Browns uh, not being able to play any defense whatsoever and having to score all these points, but uh, good win the, by the Browns. These are the kind of games they need to win to make the playoffs, which I think is their only real goal, and uh, it was an entertaining game to watch, but uh, that was about it. Uh, how about our next game?
1: Our next game, we have the uh, Green Bay Packers beating the Houston Texans 35-20. Uh, to 20. Aaron Rodgers went 23 of 34 for 283 yards and four touchdowns. Williams rushed 19 times for 77 yards, one touchdown. He also had four catches for 37 yards. Devontae Adams in his return went 13 receptions for 186 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, For Houston, Deshaun Watson went 29 of 39 for 309 yards and two touchdowns. He also had seven rushes for 38 yards. Johnson ran the ball 14 times for 42 yards. He also had four catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. Randall Cobb had a pretty big game with 8 catches and 95 yards, while Brandon Cook had 7 catches for 60.
0: Yeah. Um not much to say about this game other than the Texans are completely and utterly done and are pretty much useless a uh, good bounce back game for the Packers especially without Aaron Jones. Uh, Rodgers looked good again, so I think we could all just sort of mark that Tampa Bay game as a, you know, one of those games where Nothing goes right. Uh, what do you make of this game?
1: Yeah, it was good to see Aaron Rodgers kind of get back into the flow of things and uh, keep uh, putting up the offense that he's been putting up all season long. Now that Tampa Bay game, he had a really bad game, and everybody kind of assumes that it was because of those early interceptions. Uh, that still remains to be seen. Tampa Bay seems to have a pretty good defense, but we'll see once they go up against some more potent offenses if they're for real. But for now, I'm just chalking it up to a bad Aaron Rodgers game. I'm sure he loved having Devontae Adams back in the lineup. He went off. Uh, the score wasn't as uh, as close as uh, as it actually was. The, yeah, the, game that's, was,
0: the Texans special now is to be getting killed for three quarters and then put 21 points on in the fourth quarter to make it look like it was close.
1: That, I mean, that's kind of what they do now. And like I said, this game really wasn't close. The, the score doesn't tell the whole story uh, for the Texans. I think that... It's hard because they don't have a head coach or a GM to really make these decisions right now, but it's probably time to start some sort of fire cell and get rid of some, you know, big-name guys and try to get some picks because you don't have much to look forward to, and team doesn't seem to be getting any better.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, so we'll move on to our next game, another pretty good game and a fun one to watch. Uh, The Carolina Panthers uh, went to the New Orleans Saints and lost 27-24. Chetty Bridgewater went 23-28, of 28, 254, two touchdowns. Uh, Mike Davis went uh, 12 carries and uh, 27 yards. DJ Moore had a really good game, a uh, couple explosive plays with uh, four receptions and 93 yards and two touchdowns. Robbie Anderson had uh, six catches and 74 yards. Drew Brees was an efficient 29-36 of for 287, two touchdowns, and a uh, rushing touchdown. Uh, Alvin Kamara went uh, 14 carries for 83 yards and eight catches for 65 yards. Latavius Murray had 11 rushes for 47 yards, and uh, Marquez Calloway, Tennessee's own, went eight catches for 75 yards. So, uh, entertaining game. Uh, thought the Saints uh, really played pretty well. Uh, also thought Carolina played pretty well, uh, it's still concerning how many uh, explosive plays the Saints give up, and uh, they don't score quickly. They score efficiently with a lot of dink and dunk uh, passes, but uh, it, it always gets close because they give up a explosive play, probably one every uh, three or four series here.
1: Yeah, well, that's kind of what we've seen from them so far this season, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that Michael Thomas hasn't really been out there very much. He's their explosive guy. He's the guy that opens up everything for everyone else. Uh, you know, but it's good to see that at least offensively, as long as they got Alvin Camaro, they can still score the ball. Uh, this was a tight game. I kind of expected a tight game in a yeah. divisional, uh, opponent with uh, the Panthers being pretty tough and offensively, they're pretty smart and steady. They don't turn the ball over a lot, but, uh, you know, overall it was a good win for them. They need these wins if they're going to contend in that division. Uh, that's new Orleans, of course.
0: Yeah. a really good game to watch, uh, New Orleans gets a nice uh, in-division win here and uh, continues to sort of make up after their slow start, but uh, they always seem to do that. All right, next up, uh, you get the not-exciting game of
1: the week. Oh, I get to I get to give the stats for your favorite team. Let's go. Uh, we have the uh, Buffalo Bills beating the New York Jets. Uh, Buffalo had a pretty good game. Uh, Allen went 30-43 of 43 for 307 yards. He also had 11 rushes for 61 yards. Uh, The duels of running backs, Singletary and Moss, rushed for 15 times, 76 yards. They also had five catches for 43 yards. Cole Beasley went uh, 11 receptions for 112 yards, while Diggs had six catches for 48 yards. Uh, On the Jets side of the ball, Darnold, in his comeback, went 12 of 23 for 120 yards and two interceptions. Frank Gore, the old man, ran 11 times for 60 yards. Perrin had 11 rushes for 39 yards and a touchdown. He also had two catches uh and uh combined for eight catches for 82 yards
0: yeah uh buffalo couldn't find their way in the end zone which was a little disappointing uh once again that running game was other than you know josh allen himself was pretty pedestrian i'd say and uh the jets have no offensive capabilities so it didn't really matter whether they scored touchdowns or not uh grinded out win for Buffalo, but uh, I'm beginning to see some, uh, let's say, concerning signs about them.
1: Yeah, like I said earlier, when we were talking about division rankings, there's some uh, warning flags there, and I personally believe that it has to do with the running game. Um, Again, their best runner in that game was the quarterback. You know, you had two other running backs that they produced. You know, it's not like they didn't do anything. I just don't think that they can change a game uh, as much as he can on the ground, which is very unfortunate and it's a little glaring. Um, This game was close because it was a divisional game and the Jets are so bad that even in a tight game, you can still pull off a win, which is what Buffalo did.
0: Yeah. uh, I sort of see this two ways with Buffalo. They can sort of use Josh Allen and you know, go Cam Newton style. I think it was four years ago where they made the Super Bowl and essentially run him into the ground and slam him up the middle and get those rushing yards. And I think they can put themselves in contention to possibly get to a Super Bowl if things break. Or I think you can sort of use those two backs who have not looked good and you're probably out in a round or two. But uh, I think if you go that way and use – josh allen as a battering ram and as your lead back uh it probably cost you in the future so it's sort of a tough decision to make there
1: yeah i I agree with you um buffalo's they've got some things they got to clean up they're looking like they're still going to win that division so you're going to get a playoff spot but uh hopefully for their sake they can clean clean up those things that uh that are really glaring right now for me it's that running game but um, mm-hmm. the Jets, you know, good for them. They kept it tight, uh, but obviously still pretty bad.
0: Uh, just a hint. Uh, you better become in love with the Jets this week. Start uh, start feeling the process because they're getting a very large amount of points that I already previewed.
1: I'm looking at these uh, stats right now on the screen. And uh, they better be getting a lot of love otherwise.
0: They could be getting in the 20s this week. I, I won't tell you who they're playing because you probably haven't looked it up yet. But they are in the 20s this week.
1: Uh, we'll have to see what that, what that matchup is and we'll see how much love I can give them. You're
0: going to give them a lot of love. Because it probably will be up to 23 by the time we uh, get to our pick show on Thursday. All right. Uh, I guess we'll move on to a possibly even worse game. The uh, Dallas Cowboys went to the Washington Football Team and lost twenty-five to three. Andy Dalton was nine of nineteen for seventy-five yards and a interception before he got concussed and had to leave the game. Ezekiel Elliott continues his poor play on the year: twelve carries, forty-five yards. Or uh, Money Cooper, the only person who sort of. Seemed like he gained any yards whatsoever in seven catches and 80 yards. Kyle Allen was an efficient uh, 15 to 25, 195 yards and two touchdowns. Antonio Gibson, Memphis's own, went 20 carries, 128 yards and a touchdown. Terry McLaurin had seven catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. And Logan Thomas had four catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Now, I have to ask you, is Dallas on banishment now for you as well? <laughs>
1: yes i am done with dallas that's it i don't know what that feeling was that i had uh i probably should have known after you said it was probably
0: heartburn from the turkish spa
1: listen i don't know if you noticed it in those notes that i sent you under right next to uh, to gibson i put who because i believe you told me at the end of this game you're going to be texting me who is this Gibson guy? Where did he come from? Why is he leaving the, the freaking weekend rushing yards? And
0: I think it took two series before he broke one.
1: It was, Oh my gosh. I, I I didn't expect now. Granted, even with Andy Dalton in there, I still don't think this game would have been close. They're just bad. And, and don't be surprised to have a couple of guys from this team on my worst of the week later on in this, uh, in this show.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, That being said, I I thought that hit by Bostic. uh, He should be suspended for games. That was possibly the dirtiest thing I'd seen in a while where he just KO'd him as he was sliding down. I thought that was a pretty cheap hit and I can't believe the NFL didn't suspend him for at least a game.
1: Yeah, I'm one to, you know, kind of quickly get on the defensive side usually uh, because I feel like they've really pampered the offenses. But you know, we've seen it all season long and even in the past couple of seasons when there's a play like that, defensive players tend to avoid the uh, quarterback and it seemed like he purposely went for him. Uh, I agree that this should probably be a suspension, but this is probably the uh, the only take from this game. Uh, hopefully he's not too banged up and uh, he can recover quickly because Dallas doesn't have much else.
0: Yeah, uh, but Danucci, James Madison's own. He was... A very solid player in the subdivision. I I enjoyed watching him and betting on him in the playoffs.
1: All I know is that when I was watching, I was around a couple of uh, Italian people and they were like, oh, is he Italian? I was like, <laughs> we're gonna have to talk to Champ Smith about that.
0: He is. Uh, he went to Pittsburgh originally and transferred out of Pitt to go to James Madison and had a Pretty successful career with the Dukes. Uh, they played uh, North Dakota State in the championship game last year and uh, didn't win, but that's because North Dakota State wins every title. But uh, good subdivision quarterback. Uh, I don't foresee much of a future, with, especially with that Dallas offensive line. So uh,
1: This is why I like waiting to talk to you. Because I can just drop just about any name and you know everything about them. You're like an encyclopedia.
0: Well, yes, that's because I'm a degenerate in are gambling on the uh, subdivision playoffs.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to judge you, okay? Let's just move on to the next one.
0: All right, we'll go to a, another pretty uneventful game. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Denver Broncos. Uh, the snow was pretty while well. it was falling. The game, however, was not all that great. Patrick Mahomes had 15 for 23 for 200 yards and a touchdown. Hilaire had eight carries for 46 yards and a touchdown. Le'Veon Bell had six carries for 39 yards. Tariq Hill had six for 55 and a touchdown. Uh, Drew Locke was 24 of 42, 54, two interceptions and a rushing touchdown. Philip Lindsay had nine carries for 79 yards. And, uh, for some reason they keep handing the ball to Melvin Gordon, though Philip Lindsay is better for 17 carries, 68 yards and a touchdown. And, uh, I can't pronounce the <laughs> weird, uh, name.
1: Akulubanum
0: for... had seven catches for uh, sixty yards. Uh, you probably should have given me some pronunciation levels uh, on that one. But uh, what'd you make of this game? Chiefs really didn't even have to put up the offense. They had a defensive score. They had a special team score. And uh, Drew Lock isn't a very good quarterback. So this game was pretty much washed from the start.
1: Yeah, I think this kind of says a lot more about. Uh, that Broncos team, uh, we thought they were pretty good after they beat the Patriots, but we see what happens to them when they go up against an elite team. So it just kind of you know, lets you know where everybody stands a little bit more. Uh, the Chiefs didn't need to do much. Like I said earlier in the show, they're on cruise control right now, and you know it's a little scary that we haven't really been talking about them, even though they've been pretty dominant in most of their wins.
0: All right, uh, I think we'll move on pretty quick from the uh, this game. What do we got up next?
1: Let's see. So we have San Francisco 49ers uh, beating the New England Patriots. We're in a bad to stretch
0: here of terrible
1: games. I know, just get ready. It's going to get a little bit better. Uh, they beat the New England Patriots 33-6. to six. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo went 20 of 25 for 277 yards and two interceptions. Uh, Wilson had 17 rushes for 112 yards and three touchdowns. He also dropped in two catches for eight yards. Uh, We had Debo Samuel, the guy who nobody knows who he is, uh, had five catches for 65 yards. South Carolina Carolina zone. uh, Oh, I know you know. Uh, It was more of an Aaron Donald joke there. (laughs) Aaron Aaron Donald doesn't know who Debo Samuel is, even though they beat him. But anyways, uh, Kittle had five catches for 55 yards. Uh, On New England's side of the ball, Cam Newton went 9-15 for for 98 yards, three interceptions. He also rushed the ball five times for 19 yards. Uh, Stidham came in, uh, in relief of Newton who went, he went six of 10 for 64 yards and an interception. Harris had 10 rushes, for 58 yards and Myers was the uh, leading receiver with four catches for 60 yards.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Patriots are not a good football team right now. Uh, the 49ers look to be getting better and better as a football team, but, uh, there's just no weapons on the New England offensive side of the ball. And uh, I don't know what COVID did to Cam Newton, but uh, it, it's taken him down because since he's come back, he has looked uh, beyond atrocious at quarterback. I don't know if he's sick or his shoulder is re-injured, but uh, this New England team uh, right now is bordering in Jets land the last two weeks. So uh, what'd you make of this game?
1: Yeah, it definitely wasn't a pretty game for New England. Um, I thought they were better than this, and I I think a lot of people thought they were better than this. They showed some flashes early on in the season that kind of led us to believe that Bill Belichick might be, uh, you know, might might have himself at least a game manager in Cam Newton. Uh, And it seemed even more when he missed a game and they played horribly. But since he came back, like you said, he hasn't played really well. Um, I think this game was more about the 49ers and their ability to just kind of plug players in there and play them. Even though they play in the division of my favorite team, you know, there's certain players on there that I don't recognize and they're putting up big numbers. You know, they seem to have a pretty good, uh, offense and defense in general, and they have the ability to just kind of plug players in there and, uh, be successful.
0: Yeah. All right. So, uh, San Francisco going up, Patriots dropping down. Uh, I think that's about all you can say in that one. Uh, let's move on to our next game. Another pretty dull game. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, went to Oakland and won forty-five to twenty. Tom Brady was probably his best game so far as a buck thirty-three of forty-five for three sixty-nine. Four touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Fournette had 11 carries for 50 yards and six catches for 47 yards. Ronald Jones had 13 carries for 34 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Scotty Miller had six catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. Chris Godwin had nine catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. And Rob Gronkowski had five catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. David Carr had 24 for 36, 284, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, The Oakland running backs combined for 22 carries and 57 yards. Aguilar had five catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. And Darren Waller had six catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. So uh, Tampa Bay's defense pretty much throttled Oakland pretty good and uh, was having pressure on David Carr the whole game. And on the reverse side, the Oakland Raiders, I think I sent you a text, about this game was like, I don't like Oakland anymore. They can't get any pressure on Brady, and he's going to be fine. And that's essentially what happened. They could get no pressure on Brady, and he could sit in that pocket and throw his little dump passes. And uh, I think that's pretty much going to be the story of the Bucks all year. If they play a team who can pressure the quarterback and uh, make Brady hurry, they'll be in trouble. But if they play teams like uh, this Oakland Raider team who can't really pressure the quarterback – uh, their defense will wreck the other team, and uh, Tampa Bay will be able to score points pretty easy.
1: Yeah, uh, just to clean that up, uh, Derek Carr and uh, Las Vegas Raiders. But <laughs> but moving on from that, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm
0: living in 1998, I think.
1: <laughs> you know, this was uh, the best that Brady has uh, looked so far this season. Uh, he was pretty efficient. He kind of threw the ball around. Everybody got a little bit of love. As you can tell from all the stats you had to read. Um, The Raiders, I had them originally, you know, in a close game. And then I texted you the morning of and said, yeah, let's not take that. I'm going with Seattle instead, which didn't work out. But, yeah, nothing much really to say other than that Tom Brady played really well. and That team looks good.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, We'll move on to our next game.
1: Let's see. We have the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Beating the Tennessee Titans 27-24, uh, Roethlisberger went 32 of 49 for 268. He had two touchdowns and three interceptions. Connor ran the ball for 20 uh, for 82 yards. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had nine catches for 85 yards, while Johnson had nine catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, for Tennessee, Tannehill went 18 of 30 for 220 yards, two touchdowns. Henry had 20 rushes for 75 yards and a touchdown. AJ Brown had six catches for 153 yards and a touchdown. Um, we kind of talked about this game earlier. Um, it was a good game to watch. Overall, good win for Pittsburgh, but doesn't take anything away from Tennessee.
0: Yeah, all right. So we uh, already discussed that game. We'll move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars at the San Diego Chargers. Garner Mitchell was 14 for 27 for 107. 107- Three yards and two touchdowns james robinson had a big day with 22 carries 119 yards and a touchdown plus four catches for 18 yards and a td and chris conley had one catch for 28 yards and a touchdown Justin Herbert continues to impress, was 27-43 of with 347 yards, three touchdowns, nine carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown. The Los Angeles Chargers running back combination had 23 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Keenan Allen had a big day, 10 receptions, 125 yards. And uh, Justin Guyton had two receptions, 84 yards, and a touchdown.
1: Yeah, I mean, nothing nothing much really to talk about this game other than uh, Herbert he keeps uh, playing really well. Uh, all the signs are pointing him to him being a star in the future. You know, he's getting the ball to his playmakers in uh, Keaton Allen, obviously by the 10 catches, and they've got a guy and guy who seems to be a big a big play threat.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the Jags' defense is really bad, which makes it very hard to take them. Uh, their offense still continues to be pretty solid, but uh, their defense, I think, has given up 30-plus points in Every game, but for some reason, that first one versus the Indianapolis Colts. So uh, that's pretty much all that's there with that one. Uh, other than Justin Herbert, uh, once again, continues to impress as a rookie quarterback. And uh, this just might be one of those special classes. Uh, Burrow has played well, though they don't, aren't getting wins, but he's not on a very good team. But Herbert's been good, and uh, we'll see what Tua has uh, this week.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting.
0: All right, what do we got up next?
1: We have the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. Seattle Seahawks won 34. Oh, sorry. They lost 34 to 37 in an overtime thriller. Russell Wilson went 33 of 50 for 388 yards, three touchdowns. He also had three interceptions, ran the ball six times for 84 yards. Carlos Hyde had 15 rushes for 68 yards and a touchdown. While Tyler Lockett, the, uh, the week's MVP, the uh, fantasy kill-all machine, uh, had 15 catches for 200 yards and three touchdowns for arizona uh murray had 134 uh, 48 for 360 yards three touchdowns one interception he also rushed the ball 14 times for 67 yards on a touchdown uh, Edmonds had five rushes for 58 yards he also contributed with seven catches for 87 yards while drake who got hurt had 14 rushes for 34 yards and one catch uh hopkins also uh continues to impress he keeps Playing well for that team, 10 catches, 103 yards, one touchdown. Although he did have that one fumble that he lost. Uh, While Larry Fitzgerald has his best game uh, for Arizona this season with eight catches for 62 yards.
0: Yeah, uh, really entertaining game. Uh, Some puzzling coaching decisions in this one, but uh, entertaining game. Uh, Nice win by Arizona, uh, even though they kept trying to give it back to Seattle who also didn't seem to want it too bad. Uh, This was probably Russell Wilson's, I'd say, worst game he's played. Uh, Made some uh, poor decisions, and uh, I didn't think Pete Carroll helped him out too much either when they were trying to seal the game away by continuing to hand it to Carlos Hyde and give the ball back to Arizona, and the Seahawks' defense continues to be porous.
1: Yeah, you know, for Seattle, unfortunately, they don't have uh, that star running back like they did when they had Marshawn Lynch you can't really just hand it off to this guy and expect this guy to put the game away as good as Carlos Hyde has been and can be, you know, in certain situations, you know, your best player is Russell Wilson. You got to put it in his hands and let him close out. Unfortunately, he had some big mistakes that, uh, you know, came back and um, really hurt them at the end. But overall, I think this was a pretty good performance for both teams. Uh, Seattle's defense just isn't really that good. And, Because their offense is so good, we overlook it all the time. But their defense is pretty bad.
0: Yeah. uh, We'll see if they get any better when Adams comes back. But uh, it hadn't cost him a game, but I think it cost him this one. Uh, Also, uh, I don't know why Cliff Kingsbury kicked a field goal on second down when his offense was gatching their defense for eight yards of play. But... uh, once again, some interesting coaching decisions really on both sides of the ball on this one, but uh, a good win by Arizona. I guess that's two good wins in a row. I don't know if you're counting Dallas as a good win, but I guess a road Monday night win is always a decent
1: win to have in there. Yeah, good win for them, especially in a short week.
0: All right, uh, since I miscounted uh, and you have all the Ram stats, you're going to have to read that game.
1: <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, we have the Bears losing to the Rams. Uh, Chicago uh, didn't do too bad, but they couldn't pull off a win. Nick Foles went 28-40 for 261 yards and two interceptions. Montgomery had 14 rushes for 48 yards, while Robinson pulled in four catches for 70 yards. On the Rams side of the ball, Jared Goff went 22-33 of 33 for 219 yards and two touchdowns, while Henderson and Brown combined for 25 rushes, 121 yards and a touchdown, and Reynolds led receivers with four catches with 52 yards and a touchdown.
0: Yeah, uh, the offense in this game was uh, really poor on the Bears' side and only minorly poor on the uh, Rams' side. Uh, Good defenses on both sides, but uh, the Rams' offense was a little bit better, and they got that uh, defensive score that sort of put this game away for the uh, Bears, who just don't have the offense to make comebacks so if they get behind uh they're in trouble
1: yeah i mean you know it was pretty bad offense by the bears if they had any type of offense whatsoever they would have been in this game nick Foles continuously overthrew his receivers and that was just because the uh, the pressure of the pass rush was getting to him it really wasn't his fault <clears throat> some of the play calls they had uh they had a lot of uh goal routes and even though the receivers were breaking away from the uh, defensive backs, you know the ball was overthrown because the pressure was in the next full space basically all night long. Um, as far as the Rams are concerned, they were efficient enough to pull off the win. Their uh, ground game is uh, still pretty strong. They seem to be running the ball well with uh, a whole trio of running backs, even though yeah, Akerson... I'm,
0: I'm a little... Why do you think they give Henderson more carries? He seems to be the most explosive one, at least running. I understand giving Brown the uh, touches out of the pass game, but uh, Henderson seems to be able to run the ball. And they—I don't know if it's like Todd Gurley PTSD and they don't want to like overuse him or something, but uh, he seems to be the best running back of the three.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I agree with you, and uh, I was thinking about this a little bit because I, I do think when I watch the games, I feel like Henderson is a little more fluid in his running. Uh, he seems to be able to take contact a little bit better. And, you know, he can kind of uh, stretch out certain plays. But I think what they're doing right now is kind of working for them because you don't really know what the play selection is going to be. You know, a lot of their uh, game plan is has to do with, like, bootlegs and play actions and, you know, uh, rushes to the outside. And when you kind of mix everything in, it, it – Throws the uh, defense off a little bit. You don't know if a receiver is going to run the ball, which we saw in this game a few times. Uh, you don't know if they're going to give it to Henderson, if they're going to pass it to Brown, if Akers is going to come in and block. You don't really know what they're going to bring. I think it's working out for them right now. I still would like to see a little more consistency with one particular back, especially if he's got a you know pretty hot day. I feel like uh, when they have games where one is performing better than the other, they still use all of them and it might come back and, you know, bite them in the behind at some point, but for now it's working. So, you, you know, just kind of stick with it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just was curious what your take was. Uh, I, You know, I've been watching Henderson for probably three weeks now, and he just seems to, on the running place, be able to get the most yards and uh, move the chains a little bit better than the other two, but they uh, seem reluctant to, uh, Just hand him the bell cow load of the carries and uh, use the other two sort of as as scat and uh, receiving backs.
1: I guess they just want to make sure that if it ever comes down to our running back stopping at the one for us to win the game, they want to make sure that their knees are healthy enough to do so.
0: Yeah, uh, that that was my other uh, feeling. Like uh, PTSD, (laughs) they don't want to have to pay Henderson. And then two years later, his arthritic knee has him where he, he can no longer move. All right, let's move to our Best of the week. You had one hell of a game. All right, so what do you got for best of the week this week?:
1: This week for best of the week on offense, I've got two wide receivers, uh, one from Seattle and one from Green Bay, and that's Tyler Lockett and Devontae Adams. Uh, Tyler Lockett had the biggest game of the uh, even the fantasy season so far. He put up big numbers. He had 15 catches, 200 yards and three touchdowns while Adams had 13 catches 196 yards and two touchdowns Um, you know it was a really good performance Uh, Tyler Lockett is not the number one in that team I think that we've all kind of uh, pretty much solidified that Metcalf is in that number one wide receiver for Seattle Um, so it was good to see that when they shut uh, Metcalf down that you know Tyler Lockett could still put up a big game.
0: Yeah, uh, I got two guys for my best of the week, and uh, one of them will be a little surprising. I I have Baker Mayfield in here, uh, which I think I've hammered him every week of this season. But uh, he was efficient, and he played really well. Now, uh, granted, great on a curve. That Cincinnati defense is ripe to be chopped up. And uh, my other guy was Antonio Gibson. Way to have a nice little rookie breakout game. Now it always helps, once again, that the Cowboys are in town. But uh, those were my two offensive guys of the week.
1: You just had to rub it in, didn't you?
0: <laughs> what do you got for your best defensive guys on the week?
1: Let's see. I've got two guys for uh, my best defensive players of the week. I've got uh, Buda Baker, safety from Arizona. He had uh, 11 solo tackles. He also had three assisted tackles, and he had that one interception uh, that has probably helped him uh, win that game overall. And I also have, uh, Jerry Hughes, defensive end from Buffalo. He had, uh, five solo tackles. He had an assisted tackle. He had interception. He had a fumble force. He was kind of all over the place in a pretty tight divisional game. So he was probably the difference on that defense.
0: Yeah. Uh, good calls there. Uh, I had two, uh, Pittsburgh guys, uh, TJ Watt and Vince Williams. I thought they really controlled the game and, uh, controlled Derek Henry in that first half that l- let him build that lead. So, uh, I was going to give those guys uh, some love this week on, on the defensive side of the ball. What do you have for coach this week?
1: For my best coach of the week, I have two guys. I have uh, Kyle Shanahan from San Francisco. Uh, they beat the, the Pats and the Coach Belichick pretty decisively. They showed, like I said earlier, that even when they have some injuries, they can plug in other guys and still be successful. And they made the Pats look pretty bad. Uh, I also have uh, Mike Tomlin, uh, Pittsburgh head coach on there. I feel like he you know, did a good job at keeping his guys in line. They went up pretty big in the first half. Second half, Tennessee came back hard, as you expected they would, being one of the better teams in the league. And they still managed to pull off the win, so I had to give him the nod.
0: Yeah, uh, I gave Mike Timeland the nod. Uh we haven't probably even put him on here, I think, so far this year. And it, he's never even had a losing season as a head coach. So he, he definitely deserves some love this week. And uh, the Steelers, if – If they can uh, beat Baltimore uh, this week, I believe uh, they look to be on a pretty good run because they have some pretty easy teams. So they might end up at uh, 10, 11, 12, and 0 if they can pull off the Baltimore win this week. But uh, I thought definitely uh, Mike Tomlin deserves some love. So let's move on to our worst of the week.
1: Terrible. Just terrible.
0: All right. So who do you got up here for worst of the week?
1: For worst of the week on offense, I have two guys. I have New England's Cam Newton. Uh, he went nine of fifteen for ninety-eight yards, three interceptions, and he had nineteen rushing yards. Uh, you know, you don't expect this from him. You expect him to protect the ball a little bit better. He's a veteran. He, he looked really poor. He kind of uh, was making mistakes all over the place. If you looked at his uh, his footwork, it wasn't uh, it wasn't proper. And I mean, he he's pretty unorthodox, you know, because he's a runner, but. You know, he just looked like he wasn't comfortable, and I don't know how much of that has to do with uh, that COVID uh, break he took, but he looked really bad. And my second guy on there is uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I just feel like, you know, for being a number one pick, uh, first-round pick, 12 rushes for 45 yards, which is not entirely on him, but you expect more. You know, six-year, six $90 million guy, $50 million guaranteed and this is what you bring it to the table when you're the main focus of the offense, it's unacceptable. Yeah,
0: uh, we agreed on that. I had Cam Newton is my worst of the week. Uh, just don't know what's wrong. He looked really good at the start of the season. COVID hit him, and uh, ever since these last two games, he's just been really, really bad. I mean, he's not even a professional quarterback right now if you're watching him play. So uh, what do you have on the defensive side of the ball?
1: Uh, For the defense side of the ball, I actually have uh, two complete defenses, and that's uh, New England. They gave up 467 total yards. Uh, The rush defense was just as bad as the pass defense. They gave up 197 rushing and 270 passing. Um, But I still think that overall Dallas was even worse. They gave up uh, over 200 rushing yards, and they couldn't stop anything. The lack of offense probably helped them even more. Uh, with those stats, because if the other team, if they would have scored some offense, the other team probably would have thrown the ball a lot more and, you know, tried to do more offensively and just run out that clock. So they probably, uh, their lack of offense uh, stopped the bleeding a little bit, but they were both really bad.
0: Yeah, uh, I had, uh, I just singled out Jawan Bentley, the middle linebacker for the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, a lot of people were bad, but uh, he was getting pretty much used by that San Francisco running game and uh, the Tennessee Titans third down defense. I also had as the worst of the week, maybe get a stop and uh, you keep yourself in that game on third down. So what was your coach of the week?
1: Uh, my worst coach of the week was Mike McCarthy. Uh, if it's possible, uh, I you know, it's possible that he's probably going to get fired before uh, the year even ends. get fired. He's, he's really bad. You know, um, I was, like, trying to figure out, like, how short of a tenure can he have? You know, and I went back to George Allen back in 1978 with the Rams. uh, But he got fired two preseason uh, preseason games in, which is the season isn't officially started yet. Um, Even Bell Belichick, you know, but the season didn't start, and he also got traded, so it wasn't really firing. You know, you have to go back to, what was it, 2008 uh, with uh, Lane Kiffin and the Raiders, where they let him go after he started the season uh, one and three you know, a lot of that was animosity between the owner and the coach, but you yeah, know, he, lasted, he was
0: taking 70 yard field goals in the game.
1: Yeah. I mean, he lasted what, uh, 20 games with the Raiders, but I think that there's potential for, uh, McCarthy to last even less. Uh I could definitely, you know, side with, uh, with the, Jerry Jones for letting him go before the season even ends. He's that bad.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on the McCarthy thing. Uh, I have a surprising one, but this is mostly based on his drafting the last few years, than actual thinking he's the worst coach. I put Bill Belichick on this list. Uh, they just have no weapons offensively, and they have not drafted well. Uh, they watched Debo Samuel destroy them, and uh, he could have been drafted by them. They've just missed on pretty much every offensive player that they've drafted the last handful of years, and uh, a little bit has to... Go on him for missing on those draft picks.
1: Yeah, I agree with you a little bit. Definitely goes on him. You know, not all of it because I don't believe that it was his choice to get rid of uh, Garoppolo. I think he wanted Garoppolo to be the next guy. But uh, you know, some of that also falls on you know the the uh, the whole team in general, uh, general manager, the owner. You know, they they make a lot of these decisions also and. But I see where you're coming from. It, it was a really bad performance by that team, and he probably deserves a little bit of the backlash.
0: Yeah. I, I certainly don't think he's the worst coach. <laughs> but he needs a little hatred for these last two weeks where they've been disturbingly bad.
1: Let's not forget, he's also a first-round pick coach, yes. technically.
0: All right, so uh, that's our show for the week. Anything you got a pub?
1: no same as always follow me on twitter at td achilles or on instagram at that dude yeah
0: all right so that's our show and we're out